Welcome to the podcast of New City Church. We hope this podcast inspires you on your journey of inward and outward transformation. Please join us on Sundays. You can find more information on our website, grownewcity.church. God bless you. Hey, New City. It's John Carlos here. I'm so excited to be joining you today. Uh, a couple notes. This is my first time preaching live. Uh, so super excited. We're in like a room. There's like a sun right here shining on us. Um, this is my first time, um, but we're doing something. We're talking about something incredibly important. We're talking about the future. Your future matters. Our future matters. Um, our futures are beautiful and they are messy. Our futures are full of possibilities and yet they're uncertain. Our futures matter. And we are continuing a series called Swipe Up, where we're talking about choosing wisdom for your life, for your, your love, for your leadership. And now we're looking at the intersection between wisdom and the future. And this raises a lot of important questions. Questions like, uh, what is our future? Questions like, uh, does, does God have anything to say about our future? Does God have a, a plan? Does God have a purpose? Uh, is God like the gays? Does he have an agenda? Uh, just kidding. <laughs> but I say that because ultimately when we're asking questions about the future, when we're asking questions about your role, my role, and what God is doing in the world, we, we, we kind of come into contact with really important theological questions, questions whose answers have an impact on the way we live, on the way we think, on the way we interact with others. Um, I, I identify as a Christian. Um, I love Jesus. Um, but one of the <laughs> difficulties uh, with identifying as a Christian is that I feel in uh, a, a real pain in my body when I hear Christians say dumb things. Do you know what I'm talking about? I feel like a real thing <laughs> in my stomach <laughs> when I go somewhere, when I watch a movie, when I watch a TV show, and a, a Christian says something that ranges from very unhelpful to incredibly damaging. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, I, it's like because I feel like I'm a part of this tribe, like this thing called Christianity. When someone offers an answer as a Christian, as a representative of God, that looks very little like the Jesus I know, I like, I like, I want to like go into the fetal position. That's what, that's what I feel, right? And as I look <laughs> at all the categories and all the things that people say, that Christians say, that 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 repeatedly are unhelpful or repeatedly can cause damage i can look and see that a lot of those things include the words god's plan or god's will um like uh, me and my husband fabo we are uh we are watching a show called friday night lights uh, it's a show about a football town and uh fabo and i uh don't know anything about football don't like football but we love us some drama okay and so we like love this show and like in the show a character goes through something really difficult really traumatic really life-changing and and the christian character in the show says well this is a part of god's plan um and again again i just die a little inside when someone says that because uh, is it is it a part of god's plan um when that marriage ends is it a part of god's plan when someone cheats on you is is that a, is that a part of God's plan when your when your son when your child whom you love dearly dies is is that is that is that a part of God's plan when when you try your best uh, when you when you give yourself to justice and righteousness and it doesn't like is that that was 
that was God's will. That was God's plan, right? Like th we have these questions about the content of God's will. Um, and if that's what God's will is, do I want anything to do with that God? Um, but not only do we have questions about the content of God's plan, God's will, God's purposes, but we also have these questions about the nature, the shape, the form, right? Uh, as I've shared before, like if, if God's will was like a, a file on your computer, what kind of file would it be? Would, would it be a PDF? Right? Is it already written? Can it? Can is it already written in stone? It's already created, and our job is just to view it, but not change it. It's already there. It's static. Is God's will fixed? Uh, is God's will uh, an Excel? Right? Is it? Is it? Is it full of a bunch of numbers and data? Is like the first column of God's will, uh, just like a timestamp of every second that has ever happened. And every second that will ever happen. And every other column is just the things that happen to you or will happen to you. Is it all in there? Is it all included? Is everything a part of God's will? Is it all just numbers and data? Is God just kind of like an algorithm? Is there some cosmic good that, that, that we can never decipher? What is God's will like? Is it, is it an MP4? Is it a video file, right? And, and, and the people who think that way at least think that God's purpose is like some grand, beautiful, glorious story, but the characters have already been cast. The, 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 the scenes have already been filmed. The, the things have already happened in some way. It's already been edited and exported. All that God is doing now is hitting play. And so when people think this way, um, it lends them to think that, uh, these characters, these people in your life and mine, well, they're just bad, and they were made to be bad. And these these characters over here, they're good, and they were made to be good. And, and it's all a part of some kind of movie. Is that what God's will is like? Is that what God's purpose and plan is like? Now, I want to just be honest with you. Um, I... In this 25-minute message, am like taking a, a, a napkin with a coffee smudge, and I am drawing things to describe the infinite. I am I'm just using like a 30-cent gel pen and my experience to describe to you what God's purpose is like. So it's going to be limited. If what I share in this message brings you life. Uh, brings you closer to God, helps you have peace with your past and your future, amazing. If it doesn't, take that napkin, put it in your pocket, <laughs> and do what you want with it, you know? Maybe it'll be useful at another time. Maybe it'll never be useful, right? We're trying to describe the infinite, right? Is God's will, is God's purpose like a PDF? Or is it a Google Doc? Is it collaborative? Is it, is it responsive? Is it dynamic? Is it live? Is Jesus the author and finisher of our faith? Is it in the midst of, is it here and now? Is it embodied? Is it a Google Doc, right? Is, 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 is God's purpose for you an Excel doc with numbers and formulas and algorithms that we'll never be able to figure out? Or is it a Photoshop file? Is it a PSD, right? Is it, is it creative? Is it uh, expansive? It, you know, if you, if you know anything about Photoshop, you have a canvas, but then you have layers. 
right? So while you could be working on layer one, could God be creatively working on layer two, three, four, five, fifty, a hundred, two hundred? Is God actively working for your good, for your wholeness, for your freedom, for your liberation on your behalf? Is God creative? Are we co-creating a world together? Is God's will a movie? Has it already been written? Has it already been created? Is it already decided? And I was talking to Fabo about this, and Fabo, when, when he thought about God's purpose, he thought about Google Maps, how it is always rerouting you home. Like you, could go, you could take the wrong exit. You could, you could miss your exit. You could, you could take the wrong turn, but it's always responding, not to where you will be, but to where you are. Is God's purpose always meeting us where we are? Is God's purpose right before us? Is God's purpose always rerouting us home? What is God's purpose for us like? Because what I hope that we will discover in our time together is that God's purpose is bigger than our plans. That God's purpose is bigger than anything that we could schedule, anything that we could organize, anything that we could imagine, right? God's purpose is bigger than our plans. Now, I've seen this in my life. I've seen this in my life because, you know, uh, about three or four years ago, uh, I started a nonprofit. Uh, it was a group of entrepreneurs, like people that wanted to start businesses, nonprofits, products, ideas, right? I just had this sense that I wanted to work with dreamers. And so right before I graduated from college, I got some friends together and we, it was called Starts. And we, we, had, we wanted to have nights for starters in the Twin Cities. And I did this for six, seven, eight months. And I loved it. And it was really meaningful and it was beautiful. But around month seven, month eight, things just weren't resulting the way we wanted them. We had dreamed that maybe we'd get 100, 200 people in a space to think creatively, um, to, to, to have like these TED Talks and a live Shark Tank and just to, to do something really innovative and to spark a lot of ideas, spark a lot of businesses, spark a lot of nonprofits. But we were just kind of getting like 50 people, 40 people, then 30 people. And, and, and we, we had to ask ourselves, is, do you want to continue? Is this worth continuing? And I remember I had a, a, a colleague, uh, uh, one of my core team members, just to be honest, I, I don't think we should continue. I think we should just pursue our own individual business ideas and uh, entrepreneurship ideas, and I don't think this is worth it. And I remember being on that phone call on a Friday at the end of a work week and thinking, this dream is over. This thing that I had worked so hard on that I thought was going to be the thing. This thing is, is over. I'd rather not be over if I could make it continue. If I could make it work, that would be awesome. But I, I don't think I can. And I think it's time to stop. And so we agreed on that phone call. Um, and I got on my car. And I looked at my calendar. And it, it seemed I had some, some date that I had scheduled the week before. And, and I said, what the hell? You know, and, and I drove to a Chipotle on Columbia Heights um, on Central Ave. And I, and I was late, um, four minutes late, but to an Enneagram one, that's like 30 minutes late. Um, and, and, I, and, I, and I met this cute Latino Ecuadorian guy. And his name is Fabo. Uh, and he's my husband now. And what seemed to me like the end of something was actually all along the beginning 
God's purpose was bigger and better than whatever I had planned. And there was a version of that timeline where I said, you know, I want to keep going. I want to keep doing this. This was my dream. This was my plan. There were seasons of that plan where I said, I'm not dating because I'm focusing on this plan. There were, there were seasons where I was, this is my goal. This is my dream. But sometimes uh, God's dreams, sometimes our dreams get in the way of God's dreams for you and for me. Do you know that God has dreams for you? Do you know that? There's this beautiful song. It's called Sueños. It's in Spanish. Um, by Corazón. And, 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 and the first verse of the song says, Dicen que Dios tiene sueños. Ocho billones de sueños. Dicen que eres uno de ellos. Que hermoso destello eres de él. That song translates to, They say that God has dreams. Eight billion different dreams and you're one of them what a beautiful spark of god you are what if god's purpose isn't something you have as much as something you are what if you are a dream of god what if god has dreams for you um god's purpose is bigger than our plans and we see that we see this in our lives right because plans are not bad. Now, i just want to be real honest plans are not bad uh, i make plans all the time uh, I am in some ways as a, a manager of marketing, I'm a project manager too. And I have to like manage timelines and goals and deadlines. Plans are not bad, but plans are tools. Plans are vehicles, right? Plans in some ways in that form are, are neutral, but fundamentally, fundamentally plans are limited because two things where plans go wrong. The first thing is that of course, plans, plans can fail, right? What do we do? What do we do with that goal? What do we do with that, that plan? What do we do with that dream that you had? It was real. It was yours, and then it didn't work out because we don't have all the data. And I want to be honest with you. I have no idea <laughs> about lots of things. I don't have no idea what's going to happen next month. Like, I'm in this space. Look at the space that we have, right? I remember being in this space like two years ago before COVID, and us, we were like planning our 9.30 a.m. service down there, right? And then in February and March of 2019, there was a pandemic. Our plans shifted. Our plans changed. We adapted. And now we're, in some ways we're seeing people from other countries, other states, find life and find liberation as some of the work that, that this community is doing collectively. Right? Our plans fail. Our plans uh, uh, don't work sometimes. The second thing that we have to acknowledge with plans is that people change. You change. I change. Have you ever had a plan, had a goal, had a dream, and then years pass and you grow, you mature, you get better, you get more wisdom, you have more experiences that shape you. Four or five years later, something important happens to you and you realize that if you were to measure it based on the plan you had five, six years ago, you would be a failure. If you were to measure what you're doing now based on what you had expected or thought you should be doing five, six years ago, you are betraying something. You are missing. You are off the mark, right? But at the same breath, in the same moment, 
You know that what you're doing right now is, is exactly where God wants you. You know what you're doing right now is exactly what you should be doing. And yet it is a contradiction of a plan that you had five years ago. When I was an eighth grader, I wrote a letter to my senior self, my, my, uh, my 12th grade self, graduating from high school. And in it I wrote, I hope that you are accepted to MIT. I hope that you become a great software engineer. Now, what was I doing as a senior in high school? I was doing ministry. I was starting campus ministries in a bunch of high schools and going into college and doing ministry. I want to go into full-time ministry. So when I'm reading this letter, by that standard, I failed, right? Because I'm not a software engineer. Actually, when I was offered uh, to go to MIT for a summer program for students of color, I said no. It was like all paid for. It was all there. I didn't want to do that. I didn't care about making apps. I cared about impacting lives. And that was what, where I was at that season. And so according to that plan, I failed. But then fast forward four or five years later, my plan was to be in full-time ministry. But where was I? I was not doing full-time ministry. I was like healing and recovering and coming out of the closet. I, I, I was nowhere near a pulpit, <laughs> right? And if I look at that and compare it to what I expected four years earlier, then I'm a failure. I'm not doing full-time ministry. But I was doing exactly what I needed to do, healing accepting, loving myself so that I could love God and love others. You see, plans don't just fail. People change. You change, right? And, and so the invitation that God has before us is to live not into our plans, but to live into God's purposes. So here's the deal. So we're talking about God's purpose, and we're thinking about two really, really important lines on the planet, right? We have the equator, uh, which goes from east to west, and we have the prime meridian, which goes north and south. And and to the uninformed eye, these lines are like the same. These lines are just like one goes up and down, the other goes left and right. But I'm here to tell you that these lines are vastly different. These lines could not be more different, right? Because the equator is real, right? Uh, the equator is real. Like so, when we, uh, my husband is from Ecuador, which is really just equator in Spanish, right? And and. The, the equator, like, you can stand on it, right? You can, like, balance, like, an egg perfectly on a nail on this line, right? Like, if you go two feet to the left and you see water spiral down, it will spiral, let's say, clockwise. Do you go to the other side of the equator and it will spiral the other way? Like, it is a real line. We're observing a natural phenomenon. We did not create the equator. We discovered it, right? A temperature, climate, a pattern, migration patterns of animals, the flow of fish, right? Human politics, in some ways, has been affected by the equator. Um, what about the prime meridian? Um, I don't know if you know this, but the prime meridian is arbitrary, the prime meridian is bullshit. The prime meridian was literally decided by the empire for the empire. Do you know who decided that England was the center of the universe? England. Okay? And in English, it's the prime meridian. Prime meaning the, the number one, right? Like the main one. You know what it is in Spanish? It's the Greenwich meridian. Why? Because it's the meridian, the line that crosses through Greenwich England, which is where the Royal Observatory is. So, like, everyone else knows that this line is made up, but literally in the late 1800s, England decided that England was the center, right? And so we, we look at this. This isn't, there's nothing more center about Greenwich than there is about Minneapolis or Tokyo or Rio de Janeiro. 
<laughs> this isn't a real line. It's a line that the empire decided. So what we have to do is we have to center our lives off the equator, not the prime meridian. The equator represents God's desire and design for you. This real thing that is there whether you recognize it or not. It's there whether you're aware of it or not. God's purpose is working on your behalf in you and around you, whether you know it or not, right? When you were two, God's purpose was still in you, right? Like whatever season of life you're in, whether you recognize it or not, God's purpose is there. Our role is to discover it and center everything on that, right? But can I be honest that sometimes we center our lives on the prime meridian, on the lines that the empire has decided as the center. And the problem with this is not only that the empire uh, <laughs> has decided it, but also that there's this air of objectivity. There's this feeling that this is actually center. Because if you look at a map, it's where the center is. But you don't realize that it's that way because we made it the center. The empire has made a lot of things center, whether it's made success the center, whether it's made um, being an influencer, being popular, being famous. Uh, like we, we've, we've created measures for success that don't come from God, that don't come from our bodies, but actually come from the empire, right? Like I just recently in my, in my role, I've been thinking about my, my career and, and I'm a marketing manager. And so like the next step will one day be a marketing director. And, uh, maybe the next step after that is to be a marketing VP. And then the next step after that is to be a marketing VP at a bigger organization. The next after that, like to be the president of something, right? Like there's a, a career development, a, a line, a prime meridian that says that success is more position, more power, more title, more money, more responsibility. But I'm here thinking like, what if I get more responsibility and my marriage isn't doing well? What if I get more responsibility? And I'm not happy anymore. What if I get more responsibility? I don't have time for community or friends. What if I get more position, more power, and, 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 and my entire life is just the advancement of some goal or some strategy, right? I could live, I could center my life off the prime meridian, but that's arbitrary. That's made up. That's not real. Or I could center my life on the equator, on God's purposes for you and for me. You know what God's purposes are? It's the intersection between God's desires and God's design for us, right? So do you know that God has desires, like things that drive God, right? Like, like God wants me to be whole. God wants me to be free. God wants me to have joy. And joy is like a, just like a spiritual sounding word for pleasure, right? Like God wants me to like look around and like, like see a world full of life. And life abundantly, right? God wants me uh, to, to, to be whole. And, and that's a desire, right? And then we look about God's design for us, right? Where we think about the things that God has gifted you in, called you to, right? Like for me, I feel like I'm a teacher. I can share. I can explain. I can express. What has God uh, gifted you with? Well, what kind of things do you do that just give you like flow? right, where you are engaged, where you are present when you're doing those things, right? There are these things that are at the intersection of desire and design, right? This dream that God has for you and for me that is bigger than any season, bigger than any like specific task, right? The biggest mistake that we make is we misunderstand where the equator is. 
you know, you can misunderstand where the equator is. You know that there are five places where people thought the equator was? Five places, right? And there are two are the most popular. In the late 1700s, right when like our country was kind of like starting, a French expedition went to a, what would now be called Ecuador and figured out where the equator was and said with their science and their facts and their instruments and their everything, right? They said, this is the spot. This is the line. And the indigenous people were like, actually, I don't, uh, that's not, that's not where the, <laughs> you misunderstood the assignment. Like, that's not where the line is. It's actually more north than that. And you know what these French scientists, these enlightened French scientists said? No, no, you don't. We have the tools. We have the science. We have the facts. They discounted what these indigenous people who lived there for hundreds of years had to say. Guess what? 200 years later, when we got some better facts, better science, better tools, better instruments, that place is not where the equator was. It was like <laughs> the real equator was like 500 feet north, right? And, and now there's literally a monument, a huge, beautiful monument of the equator in the wrong place. Have you ever created a monument for your purpose in the wrong place? And now it's like, not. <laughs> have you ever built a building? Have you ever spent a lot of money? Have you ever thought this is where the equator is? And it's not there. It was actually, if you had listened to uh, the, that, that grounded part of you, you would actually discover that it was, it was like 500 feet north, right? Now, I want to be clear. Just because <laughs> you get the equator wrong doesn't mean there isn't an equator. Okay, just like your purpose and your understanding of your purpose are two different things. Just because you misunderstand your purpose doesn't mean there is no purpose, right? God has a purpose for you and God, God has dreams, right? And these dreams are bigger than any job or any task or any season. We, we get so, we make, like there's lots of things that can be an expression of God's purpose for us, but it's really important to know that it's only an expression, God's purpose is even bigger than that. Like, I may, I may, I may, like, I'm a husband now. And an expression of God's love and God's purpose is for me to be a husband. But there was a season of my life where I wasn't a husband. Some of you are mothers. We're so excited that you get to express God's purpose for you in that way. But what happens when, when your kids graduate? What happens when you don't have that same relationship? You realize that the equator was wider. The equator is not a point, it's a line. And so we have to be people who do the messy work of finding where our equator is and centering our lives on it, not on the prime meridians, not where the empire says, not, not where our plans uh, say, but where God says. So as we close, I think one of the biggest differences between thinking about the equator and the prime meridian is uh, uh, between thinking about God's purposes and our plans is, 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 is realizing that God cares not about outputs, but about inputs, right? Like the, the plans of people, the prime meridian is all about outputs, outcomes, right? Uh, the problem, of course, is that you and I don't control outcomes. You and I don't control those things. Um, we... We, we don't have um, power over those things. But what you realize is the purpose of God is about you saying yes to what God is doing in your life and in your world. And when you say yes, whether you're successful or not is not the point. 
you don't get to decide if, if you're going to fight for abolition. What you realize is you don't get to decide what century you're fighting for abolition on. We're fighting for abolition in 2020. It maybe it would have felt differently to fight for abolition in 1650. Maybe it would have felt different in 1750. People who paved the way and died before ever seeing anything. Maybe it would have felt different in, in, in the 1860s. Maybe it would have felt different in the 1960s. Maybe it will feel different in the 2060s. You don't get to decide what year you fight for liberation. You don't get to decide the outcomes. We can't consent for other people. We can't determine every election and we can't determine uh, what people live into in our lives or in our community. But what we can do is we can say yes, because, because what I want you to know is that when you say yes and God says yes, nothing can stop you from living out your purpose. The thing is, is that God's dream for us, God has 8 billion dreams, but not everyone is living into God's dream for them. Um, our job is to say yes to God's dream to be that dream, and, and to say yes to what God's purposes are in the world and God's purposes are in our life. Um, and again, sometimes those purposes are like big, like um, ending police brutality. And sometimes those purposes are s seemingly small, like, like going shopping and buying clothes that make you feel good and confident. Both in some ways are an expression of love, loving God, loving others, loving yourself. There are things that God's purpose show up where it's like you're fighting injustice. There's also things where you're like sleeping eight hours a day and that's living out God's purpose for you, right? But when you say yes and God says yes, you are unstoppable. Empires can't stop you. Military forces can't stop you. Courts can't stop you. Governments can't stop you. You get to live out God's purpose in this life. The outcome is not the point. The opportunity before us is to live out God's dream in our world and in our life. So may you, may you center your world, may you center your life, not on the prime meridians of the empire, but on the equator, on that place that is at the nexus of God's dreams and desires for you and your dreams and desires. And may you recognize that God's purpose is bigger than our plans. Amen.